We are this close to crowning an NBA champ, and with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It's a lot of people's favorite day of the week because it is a Greg Cosell Thursday presented, of course, by DraftKings. Greg Cosell, the NFL Films legend, will join us momentarily. You can be a legend that gets your name shouted out as a spread the word winner via social media at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Don't you want one of these awesome? signed press passes or pictures or cards i'll send it directly to you it's me i don't have i don't have people to do this for me i do it sponsor confirmations just got a cool email yesterday from someone that took advantage of the raycon earbuds there's a lot of good ones out there i might take advantage of the game time app to try to get phillies tickets if they're still playing next week we'll see and then the youtube shout out i already announced that earlier in the week youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl subscribe make a comment Speaking of subscribing and getting a shout-out, how about Jason Paquette, the latest patron? Patreon.com slash RT Media. Be a member of the Tuckhead's private Slack channel family. I was on a bunch of the threads yesterday chatting with the, with the crew. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, lot to get to. Let's start with tonight's game. We always do Thursday night, standalone game. Chiefs and the Broncos, anything interesting to you about either one of these teams right now? We know the Broncos' defense, Ross, is not very good. But I think what really stands out to me about Mahomes is just his understanding of how defenses play him and how he has to respond. He's a really smart player. You know, teams are taking away certain things, and he just plays the game the way I think you're supposed to play it. Instead of forcing the ball down the field, instead of trying to make plays that are not there, which obviously he has tremendous big playability, he's he's throwing short passes, he's taking checkdowns, he's moving the chains, he's playing really smart football. 
And I think that's just, we've seen that over the last couple of years as well. It's just a continuation of his growth as an outstanding player. And then there'll be times in games, and it might be tonight, where the big plays will present themselves, and he certainly will attack when that happens. But I just, he, he just plays the game with great awareness and great understanding of what defense are trying to, are trying to do to him. You know what jumps out to me too, Greg? I went back and looked, and he ran a 4.8 at the Combine. On NFL field, he's like the fastest 4.8 40 guy ever. I mean, it feels like anytime he wants to or needs to make a play with his legs, he does. I don't get it because these linebackers, Greg chasing him, are running 4.5, 4.6, yet he's faster than them when he's trying to get nine yards on third and eight. Great it's point. uncanny. He always, seems, he always seems to beat the angle, doesn't he? You know, just enough when it's third and nine, he beats the angle just enough to get 10 or 11. It's a great point. What about the Ravens and the Titans? They play Sunday morning yeah. in uh, the London game this week. I think it's the last London game, and later on there will be a couple of Germany games. You know, it feels like Lamar Jackson's playing pretty well, Greg. There was a bunch of drops. I mean, the Ravens should not be 3-2. and They had a couple of real bad missed opportunities. I couldn't agree more. And I think people who just saw the score and maybe his his statistics from that game but didn't see the game, and I obviously studied on tape, would be missing the point. I thought Lamar Jackson played really high-level quarterback last week. Um, I think Todd Monken is doing some really good things with route concepts at the intermediate and vertical levels. I still think they have to work some things out. They have some spacing issue at times with their routes, and I think that's because it's a new system that you just have to work out how all that goes together. Um, But I thought Lamar played really, really high-level quarterback last week. He saw it. He knew where to go with the football. He had full field reads. Um, it was it was a joy to watch. He played really, really well. And you'd have to think as he gains more comfort and confidence in that system and they work out the, the little issues that they have here and there. And you have to assume that those drops are not going to occur every week. And those were legit bad drops. Those weren't, you know, sometimes you say, oh, he dropped it when a guy gets one hand on it. Those were legit drops, as you know, Ross. Um, but... You know, once they get all that worked out, I would expect Lamar and this pass game to continue to be even better. Wow. You know, I, I, I was kind of skeptical, Greg, of how it would go, but it feels like the Lamar part of it at least has been good. Sometimes maybe not the receivers or whatever, but the Lamar part in the, in the Munkin offense has gone well. Speaking of going well, let's talk Falcons and Commanders. You know... <clears throat> Joe Dolan on the Fantasy Feast, Greg, who you know was talking last week that, you know, Ritter Ritter might be the worst quarterback in the NFL the way he had performed so far this year. Then he comes out against the Texans and at least statistically by far his best game, Greg. Yeah, he clearly had his best game. That's not even in question. Um, You know, I think what what they're trying to do with Ritter because he's a young quarterback and he and they're trying to help him with what they do. So what you have to do with him is you've got to design some half-field read concepts, which cleanly define the reads and the throws, particularly versus his own coverage. They're, they did that well last week. Um, you know, I think he's still at the stage where 
He, that first read, the primary read, is where he's going to go with the ball. So that's why it's really incumbent upon the coaching staff to design the pass game so that the first read is, is as clean as it can be. Now, obviously, that doesn't happen in the NFL 100% of the time, Ross. We know that. But that's what they have to work hard to do. This is a team that plays a ton out of base personnel. They play out of 21 with the fullback, Keith Smith. They play out of 12 a lot because of Pitts, who essentially can line up anywhere. And and Pitts finally had seven catches last week. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward. I mean, they, they, they don't really play out of 11 personnel that much at all, which is really unique to the league. So, um, ultimately, I like what the coaching staff is, is doing with Ritter. Basic route concepts versus zone. That, that define it for them, you know, things like snag flat, levels concepts, and they're really trying to, to help him get comfortable as a quarterback. What about, Greg, uh, you mentioned Kyle Pitts. I'm just curious. It's year three now. Yeah, I know. You know. What was he, a top five pick, came in with so much hype. They obviously liked him. They took him that high. What I know he's had some injury issues, what did you see from him, and, and do you still think, or do we still think he can become what what people talked about when he came into the league? Yeah, he's very gifted, obviously, but, you know, this is not really a passing offense. So he's not in one of those great situations where, theoretically, he's going to get a lot of volume targets. Now, last week, obviously, Ritter uh, dropped back almost 40 times, and Pitts did have seven, I believe, for 87 yards. We'd like to see more of that. I mean, uh, certainly the fantasy people would, obviously. But, uh, you know, I think that he's still a talented guy and he still presents problems for defenses. It's just their pass game, you know, has, has been very up and down. They're working in a young quarterback. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But he still ha- is a very, very talented guy, just in a different situation. Let's talk about young, talented quarterbacks. And let's talk about Justin Fields. The Vikings play the Bears. Yeah. And that's now two games in a row, Greg, for Justin Fields, you know, putting up really, really good numbers that I think if you're a Bears fan, you're encouraged by. What have you seen from him? You know, I actually thought he played better the week prior. Now that was against Denver's defense, which hasn't been very good. Um this game against Washington, um I thought that uh they did not feature as much play action boot getting him out of the pocket as they did the week prior. It was more uh, him in the pocket, and I thought he looked comfortable. I thought overall he was actually well protected by his old line against the commander's D-line. Um, and uh, they had good success with the play action, but dropping back you know, into the pocket, not getting him outside the pocket. I, I think he's seeing things better. Uh, this will be a very intriguing game for him because you never know what you're going to get from Brian Flores. You just don't know. You could get a ton of blitz. You could get a ton of coverage. You just don't know. Now, what Fields presents to a defense, of course, is that running ability, which Brian Flores has to be aware of. You know, you have, you just can't go all that pressure without having some way to deal with Fields if he escapes. Um, but he's starting to look a little bit more comfortable. He's seeing things a little better and a little quicker. Let's see if that continues. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's on the way because you never know. You just don't know what the future holds. But what we have is the last two games where he did look like a more comfortable player and threw the ball really well. Well, more comfortable, throwing it well. I think that describes Joe Burrow and the Bengals against the Arizona Cardinals. They now this week 
play the Seattle Seahawks. And I guess the question, I'm probably not the first person to ask it of you, Greg, is are the Bengals back? Did the Bengals look like what we've seen from them the last few years? And, and the same goes for Burrow. I would say for the first time this season, Burrow and the Bengals' pass game had a rhythmic feel to it. Now, they helped a lot doing that with the kinds of routes they ran early. It was a lot of quick game, get the ball out of his hands, get the ball comfortable, you know, get him comfortable. He hit his back foot. He delivered the ball. Um, Again, the coaching staff really helped presenting clean reads and throws within structure. But you saw Burrow move as well. Uh, And Burrow is such a comfortable mover. You know, he's not a true second reaction quarterback. When he moves, I almost feel like it's more in the realm of pocket movement than second reaction movement because he's so comfortable. I mean, that touchdown he threw to end the uh, the first possession, I believe it was only a two-yard touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, you saw the second reaction movement and the chase route adjustment. It just looked comfortable. Um, but And then he threw the deep ball, of course, to uh, chase, which was a beautifully designed play, attacking and breaking down the coverage. Um, but, you know, he just – it looked far more like – their their pass game. We'll see if that continues against Seattle. I think Seattle has a pretty good defense. Um, you know, their pass rush has been cranked up a little bit over the last couple of games. Uh, so we'll see. It'll be an interesting matchup on the outside because Seattle does not match up to wide receivers. They play Woolen on the right side and Witherspoon on the left side. So you're going to get the Witherspoon-Chase matchup somewhere along the line. Uh, that That's an interesting matchup because even though Witherspoon's a rookie, he's very competitive. He's very feisty. Um, uh, that That's a matchup to watch when it happens. Well, Bengals fans, you can celebrate that the uh, the offense looks back with some Labatt Blue Lights, whether it's with your friends or family. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights. they got to have that in Cincinnati. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk Niners and Browns, Greg. You know, we always record Thursday morning. Don't know what the deal is with Deshaun Watson. We do know the deal with Brock Purdy, Greg, and I probably asked you this another week, but at what point did we just say, okay, he's just good, like he's just a good player? Well, he is. You got, you know, you got to think of it this way. Um, ultimately, what, what do coaches do? Every coach, when it comes to the pass game, they structure a pass game so that in an ideal world, the, the primary read is available. And it's the quarterback's job to understand, as he plays, to understand both his offense and then see the defense. And by the way, this happens, as you know, Ross, in two seconds, 2.5 seconds. There's not a lot of time. So what is Brock Purdy doing? 
Brock Purdy is executing a detailed, nuanced offense that has a ton of formation looks, a ton of motion, and he has to understand the defense he's playing against. He's executing all this at an extremely high level on a snap after snap, play after play, quarter after quarter, weekly basis. That's what he's doing. Now, we can sit here and we've all done it, including myself. We can sit here and say, oh, he doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have this. But he is executing the offense within the structure of what he's asked to do at a really high level all the time. And by the way, I think his arm has a little more juice this year. He made some throws this past week. You know, I called in my guys on our matchup team and I said, hey, this ball's coming out pretty good. You know, I mean, is he ever going to be Matthew Stafford? No, but that that's not relevant really to the conversation. It, he's throwing with a little more juice. He sees it really well. He executes at a really high level. That's what you're supposed to do. And that is not an easy offense to execute, as you well know. Jags, Colts, Greg, anything jump out to you there? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I thought, played really well last week against the Bills. I mean, again, another guy that just drops back, sees it, gets rid of the ball. I think his arm has gotten a little juicier, too. Um, you know, Lawrence has, has become a really fun guy to watch for me every week. He's, he, you know, he, they have good receivers, obviously. Uh, Ridley is, he's a master at, at route running. He's, he's one of the best receivers that can stop. And that's rarely ever talked about with receivers. You've got to be able to stop, and he can do that. Um, but Lawrence, you know, it's a well-structured offense. Lawrence sees things well. Um, he can work all three levels of, of, of the field. Um, you know, Indy's got a pretty good defense, though, although it's interesting with Indy. In their, in their nickel defense, they start two rookies on the outside. Okay, they start Brents, the Kansas State kid, and Jones, I believe, the Texas A&M kid. That's who started last week on the outside in their nickel. So assuming they do that again, that's something to watch with the receivers for the uh, Jaguars, particularly Ridley. Unbelievable how every time it was third down, Ridley just got open and Lawrence yeah. would hit him, it seemed like, in that game. Unbelievable. Yeah, he, I think, I think uh, they, Lawrence, I believe, was 9 for 10 on third down which you'll take that every single time. And I think eight of those nine resulted in uh, eight of the nine completions resulted in first downs, which is exactly what you want. Hey, one of the bigger matchups on Sunday, Greg, is the Lions and the Bucks. Yeah. And the Lions didn't have Amon Ra or Gibbs last week, and they still put up 40-some points, which is pretty impressive without, you know, two of their better skill guys. Yeah, they're another, as we've discussed before, because I did a detailed study of that offense this past summer, that's a fun offense. Um, you know, we've discussed this. The spacing of the route concepts is just beautiful. Um, you know, it really presents it for Goff, who's, you know, essentially a drop-back quarterback, but a beautiful thrower of the football. Um, they've really worked in Laporta well. Laporta has given them that tight end that can line up anywhere in your formation, and that it really helps the quarterback pre-snap to see how the defense is going to react to where the tight end lines up. So, you know, that's a really good offense to watch. Now, on the other side, I've been watching Baker pretty much every week, and Mayfield's played well this year. I think Dave Canales, the new coordinator in, in Tampa, has a really good sense of what Baker is because Baker is is one of those quarterbacks that must play within timing and rhythm. He must be able to hit that back foot and deliver the football. The longer he stays in the pocket, Ross, the more chaotic and frenetic he gets, and he loses his vision and clarity. So you have to work with him and get him to be a timing rhythm player. He's certainly not at the level of Tua Tagovailoa, but theoretically, stylistically, he has to play that way.
Greg, what interests you or what will you be looking at when the Eagles take on the Jets? Um, I think ultimately what we have to find out is can the Jets move the football in this game? And I think they have to find a way to have some success running the ball, Ross. It's hard against the Eagles. They're a really good run defense. And, of course, because the Eagles have gotten ahead in every game, I think they face the third fewest rushing attempts in the NFL. But the Jets have to find a way to run the ball with some success. Hall will not get 22 for 177, as he did against uh, the Broncos last week. But he is a really, really good back. And they're going to have to find a way, whether it's misdirection, deception, angles, leverage, however they do it, and again, it's a work-in-progress offensive line with some tough injuries right now. But if they can't run the ball, Zach Wilson is not ready at this point, even though he's been a little better the last couple of weeks, although better two weeks ago than last week. He's not at the level where you can have have him drop back 35, 40 times, and he can pick apart the Eagles' defense. Um, so that, that, to me, is where the rubber meets the road in this game. If the Jets can't run the ball they're going to have trouble sustaining offense. Greg, speaking of work in progress, offensive line, let's talk Giants-Bills, primarily because I'll be in the booth Sunday night for Westwood One. Your thoughts on that game, and in particular, what's going on? I mean, obviously the Bills had some defensive injuries, and the Giants have just been a disaster. Yeah, the um, I would say the biggest surprise to me with the Giants has been their defense. Um, it really hasn't been what we've expected it to be. We thought it would be really solid, and it just hasn't been. I mean, the offensive line issues, it's injuries, it's, it, that's really hard. Um, but, you know, I, I think on the other side of the ball, and I know you'll be talking about this during the telecast, you know, everybody talked about the Bills' desire to commit more to the run game. With the exception of a few moments here and there, it really has not worked. And we saw last week they could not run the ball at all. And I thought Josh Allen played very, very well last week. But again, if this is going to be a one-dimensional offense and it's Josh Allen doing everything, you know, and, and by the way, he's done that for four years. Their record is phenomenal. But it's hard to play that way every week in the National Football League, as good as your quarterback may be. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Bills' approach is going forward. Are they going to abandon the run and pretty much go back to what they were and say, hey, Josh, this is your offense? Or are they going to try to stick with the run and work out the kinks? Anything of note, Greg, for Chargers-Cowboys for you? Um, You know... The Cowboys offense, I, I find to be a little bit, and I, I hate using this term, but it's just what the, what the tape is telling me. The Chargers offense, to me, at times is a little bit of a tough watch. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I think Dak has settled into being a guy who's a pocket quarterback. He needs the system to work for him. He needs everything to be right. They need a run game. Um, they need the receivers to work. He needs the scheme to work. He's now one of those quarterbacks. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that if all works. Um, but I think that he, they struggle with that at times. And I think the run game is okay. But I think the I think Dak in that pass game, they're very up and down. And they've got to figure that out right now because it's 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 week to week. His name is Greg Cosell. He's the man. Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Couple minutes till the clock stops on this podcast. Whenever the game clock stops, it's time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit a halftime, ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom. 
They're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. By the way, Jack, we're going into the fourth quarter of the podcast. And in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. And in business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub, to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do lists in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. Tux Takes. All right, Ross. First, we'll start with some signings. The Texans signed defensive end Kerry Hyder and quarterback Jason Verrett, while the Lions signed quarterback Anthony Averett. So Averett played a bunch with the Ravens. Lions signed him because they lost Emmanuel Mosley. They need another veteran corner. And this is the way it works in the NFL. This is why I stuck around probably for seven years. Jason Verrett and Kerry Hyder were both with the Miko Ryans in San Francisco. So Hyder gets cut when they get Randy Gregory. Verrett's healthy again. D'Amico brings him to Houston because he knows what they can do. Other transactions to get to. The Colts signed quarterback Kellen Mond, and they put Anthony Richardson on the IR and signed offensive guard Ike Bozier off the practice squad. Bills put linebacker Matt Milano and defensive lineman Daquan Jones on the IR, and they signed linebacker A.J. Klein. Dolphins activate running back Jeff Wilson to return from IR after Devon A. Chan goes to IR, and Vikings promote Nikhil Harry to replace Justin Jefferson. Well, let's start with his name's Butker. Like butt kicker, Ike Butger. Uh, that's okay. I I actually I think it's endearing when you get them wrong. Um, <laughs> it just gives me a little bit of a smile. Because uh, how would you know like a backup lineman for the Colts, right? Uh, Mon just gives them a third quarterback. We know that. We knew Milano and uh, Daquan Jones were going to go on IR for the Bills. It's nice that they have a guy like AJ Klein on practice squad to be able to move up. He's always been a solid player. As for the Dolphins, speaking of nice, I don't know if Jeff Wilson plays this week, but Jeff Wilson's a solid running back. He's not Devon Achan, but it's nice to have him. And Nikhil Harry, it's amazing. The Vikings keep getting these these old first-round picks and seeing what they can do in their offense. Finally, we got a game tonight. Chiefs and the Broncos. Who do you like in this one and why? Who do you think I like in this one, Jack, and why? I, my guts tell me Kansas. I think you got Kansas City as an upset. I don't know. That's just what I'm feeling here. <laughs> I thought you were serious for a second. I was like, your gut? To, yes. I'll be taking. Here's my here's my expert analysis, which all of you come to the Ross Tucker football podcast for. I'm taking the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes. I will say this. I am looking forward to kind of doing a deep dive on the Broncos tonight, so to speak, and really examining what's going on with that defense, what's going on, and how Russell Wilson looks. You know, Joe Dolan said on the Fantasy Feast podcast, he's wondering if Sean Payton regrets coming back to coach or if if the Broncos regret trading for him. You know, no matter what it's been like for the Broncos tonight, this is the referendum when you play in a primetime game on Thursday night. Really looking forward to it. I think we're done here. 
for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Never done until you go to myfrontpagestory.com. I, I really, truly want everybody to get one of these written about them before they pass. So if you have grandparents, parents, get them one of these things. They're awesome. They deserve it. Myfrontpagestory.com. I love Pizza Boy Brewing. Love Sportaculture. HumanHeadNYC.com. SteakhouseSports.com. Go-Bangles.com. And BackOfficeSchedule.com.